Welcome to Moralia Python Radio with your hosts, Eric Burke and Owen McIntyre. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Moralia Python Radio. Uh, yeah, tonight uh, it's just Owen and I again, and... Uh, you know, that's cool. We had somebody lined up, but uh, they couldn't make it. So no worries. We're going to be talking about our reptile heroes in the hobby <laughs> stuff. And stuff Owen's favorite. And thing. Oh, my God. Pythons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Apparently, so, um, apparently, I make a noise when you say rough scale pythons. <laughs> and a- Apparently it's noticeable, and apparently yes. people, oh, you noticed it. So, all right, well, oh, for sure. <laughs> I, I, should I apologize for it at this point, or just say y'all no. let's just expect this? And all right, cool. It's totally, <laughs> totally ex- expected. Happening. It would be no different uh, than um, what happens Imbricata. when you say imbricata for me. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you know, we all have our vices. That's uh, that's how. Although I have teased you about imbricata from like the beginning. You mm-hmm. sent over a bunch of pictures. Like I think it was what was that last week? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was last week. I'm like, what the hell is that? And you're like, it's an imbricata. I'm like, dear lord, <laughs> now I see what you wanted. Like, yes, they're fucking cool, man. <laughs> that, yeah, that was that was disgusting. How cool that thing looked. Yeah, I, I should yep. probably share them in the chat. So there's a there's a, actually a group on Facebook. Um there's two groups that I belong to and both are Imbricata and Imbricata only. But um <laughs> some of the some of the some of the pictures of the stuff that they're selectively breeding in Australia is just nuts, man. It's just insane. Um yeah. and our good buddy Scott, he's down there trying to breed them. Oh man. Oh dude. <laughs> oh man. They, they're pretty. I mean, that's... he could so have access to my bank account if he could just somehow convince the Australian government that you could ship out captive bred reptiles. <laughs> uh, just give him. Yeah, just, he... just, just, that's it. You're done. Yeah. yeah. Here's access. Yeah, he has a nice One pair. Day. His pair is kind of dark. Um, you know what? Mm-hmm. It kind of reminds me of like it's almost like the tail end is like bread lie. Um, like that dark black tail, black but, tail. uh, yeah. dude, they're so, so variable from the pictures that I've seen. Let me see if I can share some of them over in the chat. So, yeah. uh, while I'm doing that, what's uh, new with you? Uh, what's new with me is, uh, we're still looking down the barrel of, I got two female bread lie that are going to drop clutches in the beginning of July. So I'm like nervously it's been a bad year, dude. So I'm like every like time they like sit funny or they're crawling. Like I was cleaning their cages, so I was letting them crawl around, and I'm like watching them. I'm like, you're gravid, right? You're you're still good. Everything everything's gonna happen all right. Like those eggs are all right. What are you, are you okay? So it's it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely a shot back to like the beginning. So um, but there was that. Uh, Matt came over um, Friday. And because he was picking up some uh, bloods in this area, I think he was meeting somebody kind of halfway. And he's like, oh, oh, I got okay. time to kill. So he, he came over here and we hung out, um, which is cool because he like missed it when you and Rob were up here. So but he got the 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 the, the tour and to see the, the new stuff. And he's like, I haven't seen your stuff in a while. And, you know, um, 
he says the Kribo are twitchy, and we both agreed that we don't like twitchy snakes because it's like if you're gonna do it, do it. But if you're just gonna stare at me and twitch, I get nervous. So you know, um, <laughs> it's gonna fly out at me. I just wanted to do it. I don't want to sit there and like twitch around and back up and yeah, just just do it. So, um, but he was checking that stuff out, and he was um, all about the cages uh, in the bar too. And he said that I really could have just made it uh, some sort of condo for you, Rob and Zach, and you know all the other short <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Morelia people. Yeah, I'm like I just give him a pillow and a blanket, and there you go. So, um, but no, that was cool because it was good catching up with him. Uh, and uh, yeah, dude, it's just been life as usual over here. Um, I went up to the Carlisle show on Saturday. Uh, and Never heard of that one. Not a lot. Not a lot going on up there. <laughs> so it was not. Okay. I mean, uh, there was maybe a few racks that were for sale that I was tempted by, but I don't need any more goddamn racks. Like I'm, I'm done buying animal cages. <laughs> um, uh, exactly. And then I think this weekend is uh, they're having the Haverter Grace show down in Maryland, but it's not being run by the same people. So it's the Haverter Grace show, but run by different people. And then I think next month will be the Haverter Grace show run by the same people. So it's very odd. So, hmm. yeah, That's I don't weird. know. I'm probably, I don't know either. I'm, I'm going to head down there and see what's going on. And I, I need rodents. <laughs> I just need to go get my racks. So I've been buying rodents from uh forest and uh, they've been, they've been really nice, man. Um, and like flat rate I've been, shipping. I've, I've heard good yeah, cold nice. blooded cafe. Um, yeah, I've been. Uh, I think now is, is probably. The, I just got them the other day. It was probably this is probably the fifth time that I've. Uh, is it the box? Bought. Like in, you get like in, I think Roden Pro they used to give you the box and you had to fill up the box, and the box was yeah. You had this much. Okay. Yeah, he has the same thing. But what's cool about his site is is like when you're actually. Like, say you buy small rats, right? And, you know, mm-hmm. you, you, you have your box and you can look at your cart or whatever. It tells you, like, you could buy four more packs of small rats to fill the box. And, like, if you had large rats. Oh. Say, yeah, you know what I mean? So, like, it, but it'll show yeah. you on each thing that you bought. So, if you had mice, it'll say, you know, you could fill the box with 25 more bags of mice or whatever. Um but yeah, man, they're decent. Rodents look awesome. They're perfect. You know, none of that, like, you know, the ship's real nice. The box is like, I always do this test too. It's like, I think it's just laziness really, but I get the box, <laughs> right? So what's cool is, okay. is that if you, I think if you, I think the cutoff is like Wednesday before noon or something like that. But if you order Wednesday before noon, you'll have it Friday. You have it that okay. week. So, which is which is pretty cool because in the past, I don't know, dealing with some of the other ones, it's coming like a week later, you know. So if you if you're gonna buy them, you know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, or something like that, you're gonna get it Thursday, Friday, Saturday, you know, like it's gonna come that week, um, which is cool. And dude, these boxes are like so they're like I don't know, man, they're like super strong boxes. Um, it's like real, real. Dude, thick. hang on, someone's thick. ringing my doorbell. Hang on. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> Okay. Anyway, 
the boxes are like real, real thick. And like, sometimes this past time, because everything was so crazy, I just kind of let them, uh, I let it sit there for a day. And then I, I came to open it up the next day. So mind you, it's what, two, two days shipping, something like that. So I got it on Friday, I ordered them on, uh, uh, Tuesday night. Um, and then yeah, Saturday morning, they were actually, yeah, Saturday afternoon, they were still frozen solid. Everything was cool. So, um, Right, yeah, I'm triple. Sorry. <laughs> there was a, well, there was a small child looking for a cat in my backyard. <laughs> oh. Okay. <laughs> and they're like, "My cat went in your backyard, and I know you have a dog." I'm like, "Yeah, you better go find that thing." <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, "He'll stay in here with me. Just go get your damn cat." <laughs> oh man, that's uh, awesome. Great. <laughs> Poor kid. Um, real quick before we get, (laughs) before we get into the guts of things, we got two carpet. Well, actually we have three carpet fest coming up. We have the UK carpet fest, um, which, oh man, God damn it. I'm drawing. I think it's August. What is that? August 6th, 8th, whatever that Saturday is in the first week in August, um, which I'm totally drawing a blank on. And of course I don't have my calendar in front of me. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, well, let's see. Here we go. I'll pull it up. It is no. I'm sorry. I totally screwed it. August third. That's the UK Carpet Fest. Um, so uh, if you are in that area, uh, maybe you are headed that way. I, I'm not really sure, but whatever. Um, they are having uh, their the very first. Um. And my computer is going all wacky. <laughs> I'm trying to like get straight. Um, they're having their. I have, I have, I'm sorry, guys. I have small children wandering in my yard. You have a computer yeah. that's not functioning. What the hell there is this? There we go. All right. Now we're comfortable. We're dialed back in. Sorry okay. for the. So, yeah, uh, we're doing right. Hour. All right. Yeah, fine. yeah. All right. So, yeah, we have. Uh, yeah, that one's over there in the UK. So, uh, if you uh, are going to travel over that way, uh, hit it up. Um, and then we have the Southwest Carpet Fest, which is uh, July 27th, and Brian Cusco is uh, is hosting that. Um, and then the Northwest have officially announced their date, September 28th, um, and that's at uh, Doug's place again. Um, so, yeah, three carpet, three more carpet fests for the year. Um, Mm-hmm. I would like to go out to that northwest one. I don't I I could possibly swing the southwest. It just kind of kind of depends. Um you're you're already going to the UK. I mean, and then we're already going to go to um Australia. I mean, how many times do you not want to be near your house? It's like Jesus. <laughs> um okay, Kyle Phillips is trying to get into the chat. I will add him in because he's over on our page. He's wandered <laughs> aimlessly somewhere else. <laughs> you, sorry about that. No, no, that is not uh, it. Yeah, no. Yeah. Um, Incorrect. If you guys do, if you guys do want to get into the chat, please message my. No, message Eric. I don't know what I'm doing. See, so yeah, I message oh, Eric. Come on, man. No, no, no. You message Eric, <laughs> and he will take uh, care of it. Um, and um. The other thing is that if you are 
listening to the show and you have no idea what the hell we're talking about when we're talking about animals, pictures, or something else like that, uh, they are normally posted up on the Morelia Python Radio Facebook page. So you can go over there and check out all the stuff that we're talking about. If it's not there, you feel free to make some sort of post screaming at myself and Eric because it's supposed to be over there and we forgot about it. So um, do that. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder how many sure. Wednesdays in a row we get yelled at. I mean, it seems like it's going to happen a bunch. Uh, it's always going to happen, man. It's just uh Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. So, so tonight I thought it would be cool um, mm. to – no, that's not him. What the hell? I'm no. trying to find this guy. Um, I thought it would be cool to uh, talk about two things. <laughs> one would be our <laughs> random shit. That would be one. Random and then shit. the other one would be um, – uh, god damn it. I cannot type and manage a computer and talk at the same time. No. <laughs> it's so bad. I know. I know. <laughs> I should jump in and help, but this is yeah, – I live thanks. for this. So I'm just I'm watch. sure you're it's enjoying like, it like, quite well. Feedback. I, pre- I, I appreciate it. Great. Um, the heroes of Herp the Culture that were the people who stood out for us. Now, I don't know how you wanted to specify that. Are we talking about people that have just been – in herp the culture, like as breeders, keepers, stuff like that, are we talking like reptile people? Reptile people, breeders, whatever. Um, you know, mm-hmm. anybody that's influenced you or somebody you look up to or, you know, anything like that. Um, I thought that would be cool to uh, send out some, some recognition. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So should we start? Should we start there? I mean, do you have anything else you want to hit on? I like it. No, that's fine. I mean, the only other thing that I would hit on is that um, Brett got rough scale babies, and I want them. So, I mean, I don't know when you want to put that in there, but I mean, we're going to do well, it now I, or we're going to do it later. I, I, I don't know if you just paid attention to me or not, but I said we were going to talk about our heroes and then rough scale pythons. But if you want to All talk right, rough scale pythons, no, 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 Who's Owen? Who did this? Terry Phillips, I mean, because he produced Rothscale Python. Everyone in, was a in the Who U.S. Rothscale Python. I'm yeah. my own hero. It's like, oh, it's... <laughs> my bank uh, account for taking those contracts for buying more Rothscale Python. It's like, yeah, it's no, um, no, we can do this. No. We'll do that later. Okay. <laughs> yeah, we we will send a sh- uh, shout out to Brett. I mean, Brett uh, Bender. He. Uh, he produced the clutch. I think the coolest pick, we were talking about it before the show. He has an egg in his hand with a little roughy head popping out. Dude, that's so badass. <laughs> yeah. I want yeah. all of them. And we were, ta- we were talking about how if you plan on buying rough scales from Owen, um, you have more a <laughs> chance of buying his white lips, olives, womas, uh, yeah, you know, Kribos, uh, king snakes, Bile. corn snakes, <laughs> carpets. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'll tell Eric. You're like, no, it's <laughs> you have a better chance in snow and hell. I mean, it's gonna be so hard to get one of those away from me. It's, mm, yeah, <laughs> yeah. What did I say to you when you were over here? It's like you have to breed rough scale pythons. I'm like, I already got mine. I, you just want me to breed shit for you? I'm good. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm sure what you all do? Yeah. Um, okay. Anyway, <laughs> so. You want to start? You want to? You want to? Who? Who? Who is the the 
besides me, Owen. Who's your biggest? I'm no, just kidding. <laughs> I mean, I, Who's your? I have a picture of my wall. It's very presidential. <laughs> like you're looking over there. You got like a suit on. You like hands tucked in your pocket. It's like yeah, nice on a horse. It's like Napoleon uh, on a horse. Is I painted Napoleon? you on there. <laughs> no, it's very nice. Very cool. very well. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so who would you say you're like is somebody you would consider a hero for you for for herpticulture? Mm. Mm. But there's there's mm. a bunch and the problem is yeah, coming back to you know, I, I, I was very late coming to herpticulture. Like talking to some people we talked to, it's like they were interested when they were like five and like they grew up watching this dude run around and do this stuff and this person do that stuff and all this other stuff. And I, you know, I, I was late to the game. I didn't start getting interested in it until we're talking like college, stuff like that. So right. uh, um, I would say that I, I definitely respect the guys who actually go out there and do the research and like, you know, the ones who are thudding around the jungle and finding this because something weird came in a box and they were like, all right, well, hell, or they, let's go find it. Or they were in, a, they, looking at specimens in jars wasn't doing it for them. And they had to go out and find the real thing. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's like Marco Che. Um, I, I, we talked to Cameron from, uh, uh, God, Bush I'm Master. blanking on his Dude, we're master. getting old. We can't remember shit. <laughs> we need like Dude, uh... I, 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 I turned thirty-three, and I'm thinking, all right, now I'm finally one of the older guys. I threw it up on Facebook, and everyone's like, "God, you're a baby." I'm like, "When is that going to stop?" It's like you know, never. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're like we're like twelve years older than you, bro. So <laughs> I, I, I know. <laughs> twelve years Hi, is a I lot of time, man. <laughs> You guys to die, and then maybe I can finally be the old dude to these younger people. But Jesus, it's yeah. you know. Um, but it was definitely that that kind of stuff. Like I, I totally dig it, where it's like the, you know, and we're even talking with like just just like Ari, where it's like he takes his own time, his own money to go do all this stuff and get on a mountain to go look for the same black snake that he's seen a million times, but. This time he's looking for something different. This time he's recording something different. And it's a better understanding of the animal. So those guys are definitely up in there for me. So I, like, I would say my first one is any reptile herper who goes out into the wilderness to find the critter. So it, it would be those guys. Hmm. Okay. Can't just pick one. I mean, yeah. <clears throat> I think – so mine kind of goes in stages, right, as I – Right. progressed in the hobby more, you know, I, I, I was introduced to different people and they, they influenced mm-hmm. me in different ways, but, um, coming back into the hobby, I would, I would probably, <laughs> I would probably say that, uh, um, probably Steve Irwin was the one that sort of like got me excited mm-hmm. about, you know, and I know that there's a lot of people out there that, you know, they, they don't like what he did or whatever, but, and, you know, I know he gets his, his, uh, maybe he didn't like people keeping reptiles and, and whatnot, but, you know, being away from it for a long time and then coming back, it was kind of around that time when, when, when he was, you know, like the late, late nineties, early two thousands, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. was kind of, kind of that, uh, kind of that thing 
Um, you know, and then, <clears throat> and then it progressed more to, you know, like the people that were actually in the hobby, you know, um, right. The more and more people, I mean, so I guess, I guess the next person that really influenced big time was, uh, was Luke Snell. Um, mm-hmm. you know, Luke was, uh, was, was awesome in, in sort of, uh, taking, taking me under his wing, so to speak, you know, um, Mm-hmm. Kind of like uh, it was the first uh, adult carpets that I saw in person. Um, and, you know, when you think about that, like going to a reptile show, um, if you did yeah. see carpets at a reptile show, they were usually small. There were really nothing to yep. – and it's funny because, you know, sometimes I try to put myself in that mindset again. You know, because I, when I when I have carpets on my table – at a show, uh, I know what they're going to turn. Well, I, I kind of know what they're going to turn into, like what their, uh, the ability or the, uh, you know, what their color may look like or the pattern or what they're going to, their size, et cetera. But mm-hmm. it's hard to, you know, we've talked about this multiple times. It's hard to sort of portray that to people. And like when I'm in that mindset of just walking around the show and, and not really being into what I'm into, just sort of like, being reintroduced to the hobby again, like they really kind of like, I don't know, carpets, they're, they're small gray snakes, you know, and then they, they grow <laughs> up into these beautiful, beautiful animals. But, you know, when they're babies like that, you're kind of like, Oh, okay. Uh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's, it's, it's funny as hell because I just got a bunch of hatchlings and I'm looking at them and the baby jags have shed and I can tell which ones are going to be the nice cream color, and which ones are going to be red. But this right. is because I've produced this clutch from these parents from this right. line, like 18 times. So I know what I'm looking at. And on the surface, I'm like, yeah, they're, they're just ugly, gray little babies. <laughs> it's like, you know, it's like, yeah, all they are compared to, I have some of the yearlings right next to them. And I'm like, yeah, well, color will happen. It's just like, you know, it's, just ridiculous in how long it takes for them to get develop it, but yeah, it's hard to explain. Yeah, it was kind. Of, yeah, it it was one of those things where like when you see it, you know, I'm a, I'm a visual learner. Like I learn from looking mm-hmm. at things or seeing things, you know, more than than reading things or stuff like that. So like it was awesome that you know he lived in like you know maybe a couple hours away from me in like North Jersey or whatever, and every. Mm-hmm you know, maybe like once a month or whatever, I would drive up there and just, you know, hang out with him for a couple of hours, shoot the shit, look at his stuff. Um, you know, and it was back then that like, I had this, you know, chondros were another thing. Like I had this idea that chondros were these big snakes because whenever you're looking at pictures online, it's, it's, they're huge. it's a little, <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, it's a, you know, it, it look, they look like they're huge, you know, and, and I'm looking mm. at them like, that's an adult. He's like, yeah, man, condors mm. are small. I was like, holy shit. He had in like a two by two cube. I'm thinking like, Dude. wait a minute. Wait, wait, wait. That's an adult, <laughs> you know? So, you know, it's a funny thing is I remember you and I went up to Luke Snell's the one time and his uh-huh. was probably the first collection that I saw where like all the cages matched and everything like looked really, really nice. And I'm sitting there yeah. with my Mitch cages. <laughs> Yeah, from like Craigslist, and I'm like, oh god, I'm a scumball. <laughs> it's like, you know, it's like one of those yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I just started thinking myself as I'm a breeder, and then I go to his place, and I'm like, oh god, I am 
not on his level at all. So it was uh, weird. And that's kind of what prompted me to redo my room. Uh, I think I did it about two years later. But yeah, so he was definitely very clean, very professional. He's very cool about that stuff. And I, I yeah, I wish he was still kind of plugged in. So Yeah, he, um, you know, and then and then after that, it was, you know, really was the the year in Jaya's were, <laughs> I mean, that's where it kind of like took root, you know, and mm-hmm. I just remember looking at his animals and just like, what the holy hell, man, like this GQ stuff that he was working with this, uh, you know, he was, he was out crossing it and he had like, he had just, he had this eye. He was sort of like, you know how Andrew Paris is with jungles. He was like that guy, in Eerie <laughs> Jaius, you know, <laughs> he was like that. Yeah. That, yeah. That fine connoisseur of, you know, really, really like he would tell you exactly like, you know, Oh, this pattern and this color and da, 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 da. So, um, so yeah, I mean that was that was uh, that was an awesome experience, you know. Um, was there was there a ceremony when you were inducted into the Aryan J of Brotherhood where he would like, like did he put like some sort of cloak around you and now it's like no, you guys hell have yeah, man. meetings? I oh, had okay. to cut my hand <laughs> and we had to slap hands together. You know what I mean? That's how it went. You know, we ain't bitches. Uh, <laughs> we ain't putting oh, cloaks shit. and shit. Oh, <laughs> uh, this is this is this is how I missed it. Uh, damn it! All right, well. Yeah. I don't want to be in your club. Um, no, it's, it's, <laughs> but that's awesome. And it's like, and it's kind of like through that, I can, you can definitely see your influence, his influences in your collection also and how you take it. Cause I mean, you're definitely the connoisseur when it comes to those kinds of things. And it's definitely one of those things of like, I'll open a drawer and be like, man, mm, it looks like an IJ. You're like, yeah, but look at the orange and rust color blushing that comes on the side that goes all the way up towards the side. I'm like, what? 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 And then you were like, you can shut tell. up, Eric. Cabana. And I'm like, what? I, I'm like, just close the drawer and let's move on. And it's like, yeah, right. It's like, yeah. It's, a, it's like, it's like going to a wine tasting with somebody who actually knows what they're talking about. It's yeah. like, yeah, okay. Um, I thought it was sweet. I mean, like, you know, it tasted okay. Right. So, yep. so yeah, I mean, and you know, uh, he was the first one to sort of push me in the direction of maternal incubation. Uh, he was the first one that sort of pushed me in the direction of not keeping carpet so hot. Um, mm-hmm. you know, because back then it was a 90 degree hot spot and all this stuff. What and, the know, hell, the, dude? Like, <laughs> <laughs> remember? I mean, that's what we did, right? I, we had 90, 90 degree hot spot, had to be 85 on the cool side. And it was like, oh if it my wasn't God, in those yes. parameters. <laughs> The room, the room itself had to be eighty-two. Had to be like eighty-two, eighty-three degrees ambient, just because yeah. if it dropped below. Oh yeah, and I'm pretty sure. Like, did I tell you? I'm pretty sure I bred my carpets the first time by complete accident because I didn't realize that that when you turned off the light switch at the top of the stairs in the basement, it the killed all the all the power <laughs> to the snake room. All of it. <laughs> And I didn't realize it. So one day I was down there and somebody turned off the lights and all my herb stats went off. I'm like, what the hell is this? It's like, you know that? Um, Live and learn, so, right? But this is, I was like, I, I I already produced like four clutches at that point. So I'm like, wait a minute. You guys all lived. I'm like, what does that mean? So it's, <laughs> like killing the power at night, you guys were fine. It's like, so that was, I don't know. <laughs> so right. Yeah. Um. Who else? Who else for you? Um, it would have to be, and just because I, I, I did the way he moved through the relationship that we've had, 
it would have to be somebody like Jason Balin. And yep. Balin went from the guy who had all these carpet pythons at the show at Hamburg, who I think the first time, first couple times I went to Hamburg, I didn't even pay attention to him because I didn't know what I wanted. Um, I got my California King snake that I got off a dealer's table. <laughs> like, <laughs> what? So many mistakes. <laughs> um, and, and then I got my first carpet python. And then it was, I wanted another one. And Balin's stuff was, he was the carpet python breeder. And, you know, I, I, I almost, he was almost unapproachable because of like where he was and like, or how I put him up on that pedestal. And right. I ended up buying my first couple carpets from uh, Ted Thompson. And then I bought a carpet from uh, Will Leary. But then I started talking to Jason about the carpets. And I was that asshole that comes over and talks about all the other carpets that you did not buy from you. <laughs> and like, <laughs> and I, he had like every opportunity and every right to tell me that I'm a dick and go to hell away. Like I mean, <laughs> totally could have, and totally could have smashed me, and I could have been totally out of Morelia, or I could have had left with a very bad taste in my mouth. But he didn't. He answered my questions. He told me what would go to go well. He told me what would do well with this, this, that, that, that. And then I just graduated college, and I had a bunch of money saved up because I had one jaguar, and I wanted a male. I, I had a female jag. I had all these other girls because I had just been all college. I was just stockpiling females. I wanted a male and I'm like, right. I, I'm like a male red Jag. And this is back still when they were close to a thousand each. So, right. I got him and then that was it. And that is actually Talon that I got from Jason Talon, who was like the father, grandfather, great grandfather of like multiple shits downstairs. Like, and he's still kicking, he's still running around doing his thing. So right. it's, so cool to have that and then it was kind of after that purchase and it led to talking about other things it led to my first zebras which led to my going into jungles which led to the whole red tiger project because it was like i got the jag and then the red tigers just came stumbling out and then it led to another tiger and this that and the other thing um breeding loans and all sort of stuff where it was like you know i went from way low right almost felt like i couldn't talk to him to you know He's got my phone number. He texts me a bunch of times. Uh, we've gone out and gotten drinks. We've hung out a bunch of times. It's like it, it, it's the total changeover. And he's definitely one of my influences because he took uh, an unknown morph like the tiger and kind of made it his own. And now his name is synonymous with it. Also, he can totally deal with an annoying little carpet person who just you know wanted to talk snakes <laughs> and right would, you know totally just did it and uh is definitely one of my main influencers on morelia and i would probably not be into morelia at all if not for having a guy like jason balen who was at the local shows kind of guiding me through so yeah yeah, Jason was uh was an awesome guy and then when I was getting my collection together in the early days, he was he was he sort of steered me in the coastal carpet realm, you know. Um <laughs> you know, it was weird like when I was getting in the carpets, it's kind of started as 
Um, like I would, I would get a species and then it was like, okay, I get a couple of these and then I would move on to the next, um, you know, subspecies and then, you know, uh, you know, keep going from there. Um, mm-hmm. but Balin was, was, was big influence in my coastal carpet collection for sure. Um, with the Jags and the tiger Jags and the red stuff and the red Jags and the yeah. tigers and all that stuff, you know, I mean, he had the goods. Oh, he still does have the goods, but I mean, back then, you know, he was like, at least here in the, you know, Northeast, the, uh, the <laughs> Northeast area, he was kind of like, you know, <laughs> the guy, you know, so, which was pretty yeah. cool. Um, I guess as I started for me, like a neck, the next person that stands out to me is more of an ac- academic, um, but that would be Richard Shine, like, uh, you know, mm-hmm. reading all his papers on, on pythons of Australia. And, you know, I, I really would geek out about, um, you know, just trying to, to, to learn more and more about these um, snakes that, you know, uh, that I just was amazed by. And, um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> they say uh, – I think I think it was Ryan Cox was talking about. I'm the guy from the Citadel when it comes to Morelia or carpet pythons. I told you, it's like cause, no. <laughs> listen, not not but, e- no normal human looks at a web page for snakes and goes, "I should print this to save it," <laughs> you know, for prosperity, like just in case. Right. Like, you no never know. Normal human, no I, normal yeah. human sits Dude, there and goes, "Like you know what? You know what? People are gonna want this." And this website, the internet might be gone one day. In in after the post, if the zombie apocalypse were to hit, and somehow we need to rebuild civilization, you come out of nowhere and go, "Don't worry, I have the Morelia tones. We can come back." Thank yeah. God for Eric. No Kirk. fear. Now know how genetic was cast in Morelia. Okay, yeah. cool. Like, yeah, it's, dude. When I go in, I go all in, you know, that's just how it goes. I, yeah. But anyway, <laughs> oh, <dear God. laughs> anyway, it was like, um, you know, some of his papers, like uh, I'll give you an example, right. You know, because yeah. like learning about maternal incubation and all this type of stuff. Um, he did some studies with water pythons and found that water pythons actually would leave their eggs, like maybe partially mm-hmm. through uh, the incubation period. Now, why would that be? Well, maybe the, the, the temperature in that part of Australia is, you know, uh, is, is warm enough to where they don't necessarily have to stay with the eggs, um, and they can leave, uh, you know, so, you know, just like little things like that, that would be peppered into these, you know, hard to read papers and you're like (laughs) trying to get through them. You're like, what, what, what is that word? Hold on. Let me, let me look this (laughs) up, you know, and it just becomes difficult, you know, but even if you just read the, the, you know, like the intro part of it, yeah, you can kind of get a feel for, for uh for different things like you know um learning about how carpet pythons in particular in australia you know uh you would think that with all the habitat destruction and whatnot that they would be doing worse but here uh they're actually you know doing uh better if you will i guess uh because what do they eat they eat rodents and where are rodents, where people are, and you know, people and, are, you know, yeah. That's why you find them in people's barns, and they eat people's, you know, pet rabbits and chickens and all kinds of crap. But it, it, um, 
if you were in Australia, would you really want to leave pet rabbits outside? Because, I mean, like, isn't that just ringing the dinner bell? I mean, dude, I would have a pet rabbit every day <laughs> because oh. I would just sit there, smoke All right, a cigar. let's put the pet rabbit outside. <laughs> oh, no, yeah. Crocky is dead. Like, I don't – after the eighth rabbit, you, you have the nerve to look surprised still? Yeah. You know, it's like – Who cares about the rabbit? I'm trying to lure the, the snakes in, man, you know? Dear buddy – wasn't there like a Jurassic yeah. Park episode? No, what was that? What was that thing where she would feed the crocs like the cows or something? <laughs> it was uh, that was, was oh, that um, <laughs> Betty White. She was like, uh, yeah, it was like the... uh, was uh, Lake Placid. You know what I'm talking about? Like yeah, 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 I know what you're talking about. Yeah, right. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, I mean, you know, he was he was a he would be a big influence in the. Uh, you know, learning about the natural history of uh, of of Australian pythons, if you will. You know. Um, yeah. So it's you know it's that's the stuff that it, it it's kind of like the way I put it. I know we already are, I know we kind of already mentioned Steve, but it's like um, it, that's what got you interested because it's like when Steve first kind of hit the scene, I was still kind of wary of snakes, but I liked what he was doing and I liked the crocodiles. And then seeing that stuff where it's like this guy that I liked and he was doing all this stuff was was totally all right with these things. So maybe these things aren't so bad. And that's what led to this. And that's what led to that. It's like having that kind of thing where something interests you and then you learn, want to learn more about it. That's like the gateway to being obsessed with it. <laughs> it's like that's, yes. um, that's how it starts. <laughs> so. Yes. Okay. Anybody else for you? Uh, Oh, well, oh it, well, no. <laughs> Rob, Rob does not save anything of Owen Dundee, all right? You know, Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's but practicing I, for one. Well, we only got, a, what, 130 days, and we're going to be in the Northern Territory? Come yeah, on, dude. I, I need to know what the hell you guys are talking about, like, of that, like, permit thing, because I still can't find it. So <laughs> um, we, I got to talk to you later. <laughs> so, oh, okay. Um yeah, otherwise I'm gonna get left behind again, and you know, <laughs> then I'll walk off the, then I'll walk off the bridge. So, yeah. um, yeah. Uh, hmm. Another one that would kind of be up there. Hmm. Hmm. Do you want me to get would have to be. Think? Oh, no, I got it. Have to be somebody like. Uh, I always definitely appreciated somebody like Eugene Bissett. Because yes. it was the, um, here's this animal, let's figure out what makes it tick. And he'll be the first one to tell you that I think, didn't he say that he's killed more green tree pythons than he's ever produced? And it's just yes. like, well, and he's, yes. he got to break some eggs. And he definitely caught, uh, he definitely was the first one I ever heard to preach the whole, you know, watch the snake be the student of the serpent, you know, know what yes. you're looking at. Because you just think, we look at these things every day. And and I've definitely kind of adopted that over the next last like couple of years. When something's off with one of your animals, don't try to convince yourself otherwise. Turn into that because you're the first person to notice when something's wrong. Like, and sometimes that something that is wrong or off is a good thing. You know, it's like oh my female is twisted all up. Oh well, she's full of eggs. It's like that. Okay, right. Like I know that. It's like. Or like, you know, if something's not, you know, when something's not correct, you're the first person to realize it. 
And I think a lot of times people are, and I know Facebook doesn't help with this. It's the something is off and they go, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Just kind of shake it off or whatever. It's like, okay. And then you do. And then by the time you kind of come back to it, you notice it again after it gets worse or it changes again. So I would say uh, he definitely was the first kind of person to really kind of put into my head, at least that, you know, know your animals. And if something's not correct, go with that, go with your gut. So, and the other thing that he said that I absolutely love is he said, get land. And I, for the rest of my life, I'm chasing <laughs> that one. I am going to get yeah, a right? farm. I'm going to have a yeah. farm. I'm going to have a building. I'm going right. to have, a, I'm going to have a long ass driveway and, uh, you know, it's going to be great because then nobody can tell me what the hell I wanted, what the hell I got to do. We're talking, you know, we're sitting in your yard and you're like, I could probably put a building here. And I'm like, yeah, but you have to deal with the township and your neighbors and this, that. If I got a farm, fuck it, I'll put a building right here. You know what? Next to it, put another fucking building. Why? Because I can. There's nothing in that one, but I can. Yeah. It's like, you know, it's that stuff. And, and, and he's correct. He's right. You know, we, we've heard it a few times from people who have had animals and they're like, I can't tell my landlord about it. And, or sometimes they get caught with it. And then now you're between a rock and a hard place of having a place to live with your family and, and, and your collection. And that sucks because, you know, you put your heart and soul into collection and now beyond your control, you have to give it up or move, which is also really sucks. So yeah, it, it kind of is one of those things where, you know, if you can strike out on your own and own something, it is much better for you and your reptiles. And if you can own land, like a good amount of land, like, dude, I don't want, I don't want to see my neighbors. I want to, I want to have carpet fest on my farm and have us be able to put Arnold up there and let him just scream at the top of his lungs that everybody <laughs> hears. It. Like, that's all I want. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's so true. I mean, I mean, how honored I, I don't know how you felt but I've, I it was it was an honor for him to come on to our show wait oh, well I have mixed I have mixed feelings about having him come on the show I mean it was um, never meet your heroes especially when they call you an unproven male breeder and it's <laughs> and you can't understand it yeah that was great but uh, that was good so it's it was it's definitely one of those things again where it's like these people, in my opinion, were out of reach, beyond reproach. I don't know anything. I shouldn't be talking to this person. He knows correct ten times more than I. And he's been nothing but cordial, nice, answers oh questions. God. Yeah, he's he's an awesome Had dude. Insight to animals like he's known for green tree pythons, but you know he has insight to animals because he's kept everything. You know, he was talking yeah. to me about white lips some of that last time I talked to him. It, right. And I'm like, I didn't know you had a way. It was like, oh yeah, I had them all, and I was they were over there doing this, and I just set them up and left them, and they were cool. I'm like, oh cool. So it's yeah, he was kind yeah. of the first guy to really go commercial with breeding reptiles. Yeah. And you're right. I mean, if I had my way, if I would do this full time, like if I ever grow into mm-hmm. doing it full time to where I'm breeding snakes full time and podcast and YouTube and all that crap, um, I would definitely move out west a bit into like an area like you're saying where there's no freaking you know people around for miles and shit you know mm-hmm. um and almost like uh make it like a farm you know i mean and that's yeah. sort of what he did and i had never even thought about that until 
you know, until we talked about them, like, you know, um, you know, having your property zoned for, you know, agriculture and, it, you know, farming and stuff like that, which is kind of what we kind of do, you know, I mean, yeah. when you think about it, you know, dude, I, I've, I was writing a farm policy today for a horse farm in PA that sits on 94 acres. Holy and I'm like, all I can think, oh, oh, dude, all I can think about is, oh, and they have a, they, and, and this is, this it used to be a horse farm and they're, and they sold it and they sold it to somebody who just wants to turn it into a crop farm. And it has a house on it. It has a full riding arena and a stable with, we're talking like 30 something stables of horses and a giant metal building that nothing's in it, just storage. I'm like, I can wow. put the snake, I put the snakes in the metal building. If for the indoor arena, I could probably set up something for, I don't know, monitors. <laughs> like, I, I'll, I'll make it work. I'll turn right. it into a crocodile habitat. I don't give a shit. It's like right. stables. What the hell would I put in the stables? I don't know. Tortoises. So it's like, you know, it's, I'm sitting there and there are these places, but, you know, you got to find them. And you're right. You're going to be in the middle of farmland country. But the second you're zoned as a farm, you can put up pole barns and buildings and everything because it, it doesn't matter. They assume it's for agricultural use. And there you go. No one's going to stop yeah. you. Right. Yeah. Everybody's going to farm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. In Western Pennsylvania. Um, in Western Pennsylvania. That's all I want. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, he he was one. So I guess probably, um, I would probably say the next person on my list. I I would probably have to give a shout out to Larry and BT from Reptile Radio. I mean, mm-hmm. without them, there would be no Morelia Python Radio. So, I mean, they were the first what I consider the first real reptile podcast. I mean, I know King Snake kind of did something, sort of. But they were like every Saturday night, they were there, you know, they had on a guest, they talked to the guest and, you know, they were just, I was just so awesome to listen to, to them talk about, you know, it's like the things that are running through your mind as you are you know, going about your day and you're like dreaming of reptiles and dreaming of of doing this for full time and all this stuff. And here they are talking about it and you're like, that's all, you know, and, and, and sort of shooting you in this direction or that direction or these little tips or little, little bits of info that are peppered into, you know, them being, uh, you know, just cool guys, just listen, talking shit, you know? And, um, Yeah. yeah, that's, that's really, I mean, really where this this whole thing came from so yeah i'd have to say those guys were uh were a big a big hero of mine so yeah i mean that that's definitely right up in there i mean it's it, it without without that we wouldn't get the idea of npr there we wouldn't have gotten carpet fest off the ground and you know i wouldn't have anything to do on like and i thought about this today um i don't know what <laughs> What? I wouldn't have anything to do on Tuesday nights. Um, I thought about this today because I don't I don't know why, but um, I'm sitting there. I'm like, if I had never joined NPR, I'm right. like, well, the collection would look very different if the collection even was still here at all. You know, who's right. to say I wouldn't have gotten fed up with something and ditched or bailed or whatever. Right. I'm like, would not have met a lot of the people that I met, would not have had um, – probably the animals that I had, it would look vastly different. I, you know, talking to these people, having influence with these people, I wouldn't have expanded beyond Pennsylvania for my, 
you know, people of reptile community and stuff like that. Um, I would not have gone to Texas anytime soon um, or Chicago. I probably wouldn't make the trip out to Tinley Park. If I did, it would just be as a, um, you know, I don't know if I would have made it as a vendor, but I also would probably not have gone to uh, Australia because I'm going with you guys because it was the push from that. So there's all that kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, I'm glad that happened. (laughs) So, um, (laughs) I'll drink to those guys. There you go. (laughs) Exactly. But, you know, think about it. You know, it's even the people just that are at shows that you see all the time, would you really have the same relationship with them if the NPR, if NPR had not happened? You know, would I be such, would, would I be such good friends with Matt? I don't know. Like, you know, he was always a blood Borneo guy. I saw him, but I never really had interactions until he started talking with you and we had him on the show and a bunch of other stuff like that. So it was, right. just, I don't know. Stuff well, I think about it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. I think for me, um, Oh, go ahead. No, I was just saying, go ahead because I was going to pick another person. So go ahead. Go ahead. Go for it. Oh, go for it. Mm. Uh, Buddy Buscemi. Um, mainly just because you, you watch him breed what would be considered some of the scariest reptiles to keep, not because of how they're mean right. or, or anything else, but because they're green tree pythons. And he knows that people are walking into this on shaky baby legs because it's like they've heard such horrible things. And he will take care of you from start to finish. And yeah. do, it seems like he's never had a lack of time to deal with this kind of stuff. He's taken animals back from people who couldn't get them feeding. He's, you know, pivoted and done this. He's pivoted and done that. And then he's got stories from being way back when I mean, he bred the stuff that nobody gave a shit about. You know, he had, you know, Dumal's monitors and Maclots pythons and all this other stuff. Right, and he just, just, just takes care of it all the time. I, I called him at like I didn't even realize. I think it was like eleven o'clock at night, and I'm like, I think I fed it too much. He's like, did it eat it? And I'm like, yeah. He goes, it's fine. I'm like, oh, it's like you know, it's. He's like, did it puke? Nothing. No. He's like, it might not. You might be good. So it's yeah. like that stuff, and and he and he just kind of soldiers on with that. Plus, you you know, we don't give enough credit to the guys who made ICAS happen because that was not an easy task oh, by any no. stretch of the meat. And, you know, I know that we sit here and we're like, carpet fest is life draining. Like, you know, eventually, you know, when I die, they'll be like, what killed him? Well, carpet fest. It's like that. That's what did it. <laughs> it's like, you know, right. the, the last straw it was the, the 35th carpet fest. So it's, but you know, for them to do all that planning and then have all that stuff going and have really good lectures and really, really good topics and stuff like that is awesome. And I, and I know we've said it numerous times that we're like, it'd be really cool to have another one, but we, I totally understand why it, it's so difficult. It's just it logistical nightmare, but it was so awesome at the same time. So props to him and the other guys who were involved in that. Yeah, I I got two buddy stories that I can talk about. One was yeah. when we first got him on the show. He actually contacted me 
because he yeah. wanted to sort of uh, dispel some of the myths about about keeping chondros, you know. Um, and at the time, I was I was sort of like, oh yeah, man, like because you know I was more experienced with carpets, and to like have one of the guys that keep green trees come on. I mean, that was way in the early days, you know, and uh, introduce us to that side of Morelia um, was was just awesome. And, uh, you know, he he did a great job in coming on the show and being very positive and, and, you know, sticking to sort of like he sort of has that. He has that knowledge like uh, he he knows a lot. And he and he's very very experienced with mm-hmm. with reptiles in general, but doesn't come across like that, if you know what I mean. Like his ego doesn't yeah, get in yeah, the way yeah. of of him, you know. Um, and I remember this was mid NPR. I was really struggling with trying to stay positive, and trying to mm-hmm. not get caught up in the drama, and you know. But at the time, there was just so much drama going on, like and. You know, I remember talking to him. It was, I think it was the second carpet fest at your place, though. And, and we had a long conversation yeah. about just like how, like, I, you know, I was just picking his brain. Like how, how does he stay in that positive, positive mindset with GTP Keeper Radio? And, you know, how do they stay on track and still talk about things that need to be talked about, but not, not coming across, uh, you know, like an asshole, mm-hmm. so to speak. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, man, it was uh, that was these good stuff for sure, you know. So yeah, um, I guess for me, I'd have to lump these two guys together, um, because I That's sort of was the hydro. Yeah, <laughs> I, I was sort of introduced to both of them at the same time, um, but uh, Nick Mutton and Paul Harris, um, yes, huge influence on my collection. Um, Nick in particular. Um, he sort of, he sort of really took me under my wing and took me to the next level. You know, um, he was always there to, to chat about things, tell me when I'm screwing shit up. <laughs> like, what are you doing, man? I told you not to, I told you how to do it. And yet you still don't do it the way I told you to do it. And I'd be like, yeah, mm-hmm. I know. He's like, well, then that's why you get slugs or that's why you get nothing or that's why, you know, like, <laughs> um, but I was always, it's sort of like how you were with Balin is I was very intimidated to talk to Nick. Um, oh, uh, yeah, I was too. I, yeah, no, just, that's Nick. He no. just scared me, man. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and at the time, like he was on MP and it was just, uh, you know, you could see a fight with people all the time. And, you know, it was just oh, like he had, this, he had just like tremendous amount of knowledge. And I'm like, I, I can't even talk to this guy, you know, and it turned out that he was just a normal guy. Turns out we're like the same age. Turns out, you know, like a lot of things that we're, we have in common. And, um, you know, he was just, uh, just, uh, just an awesome guy. And I got to know Nick, Nick, um, you know, and, uh, he, uh, you know, when, when he was writing the complete carpet Python and, you know, sending me like uh, little excerpts trying to pick my brain on what I thought. And, you know, I mean, come on, man, how cool is that uh, yeah. to have, 
have that little piece of history and, and stuff. And, um, because he used to say like, you know, you're my audience, you know, mm-hmm. you're exactly who I'm trying to write this book for, for people like you that, you know, are just sort of, you know, like you're, you've been in the hobby for a couple of years and you want to learn all you can learn about these snakes and blah, blah, blah. So, um, yeah, yeah, man. Uh, so I'd have to give it up for that. And, you know, Paul, Paul's just, you know, Good Lord, man. That guy just knocks it out of the park with his projects, what he's doing, what he's done for Morelia, um, what he's done for, you know, the Australian pythons that he works with. And just, he's just an awesome guy. So, so there's that. Yeah. Yeah. Those two guys. Awesome. Yeah. I would definitely say those two guys are right up in there. Um, it, it's just, it's really cool to just to have them kind of through that. And obviously like, we've seen i've seen animals come from those guys that i would have never thought possible to see in a carpet python it's like to have it go from like tri-stripe and like um other other kind of colors to all the different localities that we have currently all the different morphs we have currently all the different combinations uh we have currently it's insane i dude it was when I was buying yeah, carpets, it was like this one. This one has more of a stripe on it than the other ones. I should purchase it. It's like that. Yeah, that's gone now. <laughs> yeah, it's you like. Uh, I mean, he he kind of he kind of like was is responsible for me looking at the reptile business as a business. You know, sort of like yeah. he 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 gave me hope that you could do what you love and mm-hmm. still make money at it. Like you know, years ago and still today, people say, ah, you can't, you know, what's the best way to make a million dollars, spend a million dollars, start with $2 million, you know what I mean? Like that whole, yeah. whole thing and all, but like, <laughs> I mean, Nick's breeding carpet pythons and he breeds other species yeah. too, but sure. he's breeding pythons and making a living off of it. Same with Paul, you know? So, um, yeah. those guys and the projects can- that they worked with and like how they like just work those projects perfectly. And like, you know, just the, the amount of like time that went into those things. And, and, you know, you have to kind of keep quiet when, you know, I mean, dude, when I got you a lot in jungles, uh, that was sort of the thing. It was like, well, we kind of have to keep this under wraps for a little while. Just I remember that. <laughs> I, and the reason, and the reason is, is because like, if you go and you, you sort of like, you know, shoot it out there right away you know you're gonna everybody's gonna be hitting you up oh do you have babies do you have babies do you have babies and you're like no these are babies <laughs> so yeah well, it's, and, then, and then the second no but the second you produce them all those people are gone correct it's like, no it's exactly so, you know so just looking at the project like you know like when do you really want to start you really don't want to start to put this out there until you know you're like going to be producing so maybe the year that you're going to produce you're going to start to put it out so like i couldn't help it like i had to take a picture of the gelat and put it up but i if you notice on my facebook or yep. instagram like there's no nothing it's just a picture yeah <laughs> and that's why yeah. because it, i didn't want to put up oh check out my gelat jungle but, uh, but yeah, I think somebody explained that. They should hatch next week. Woo-hoo. It's going to be so cool. I think somebody explained to me once, cause it's like, I brought, uh, I think I brought a red tiger to a show once and someone's like, do you have red tigers? I'm like, no, but Balin does. And they went over there and I'm like, Hmm, selling snakes for Balin right now, aren't I? It's like, you know, it's <laughs> like, I don't have it, 
he does, and there you go. So, all right, that's a piss poor mistake. So now it's the if I if I bring an adult, it's because I have their babies with me. It's like, oh no, look, she pretty. Don't you want the baby? Like that? Yeah, no. Um, that's just how it works. Uh, but it's just so cool. I mean, he, he also made it to where I think uh, without the more of the combos that we have, I don't think half the people would have been paid attention to Carpet Python as much as they do. I mean, it's the no. bright colored this, that, or the other thing that draws you in, and then you sure. do other stuff. Yeah. Um, another influence on me was just a big influence because uh, he was around when I got started, and he kind of pushed me, much like kind of Luke Snell pushed you into IJ, he pushed me into Coastal, um, and that would be uh, Will Leary. Um, okay. So he sa- he responded to all my emails, even though some of them were very, very stupid. <laughs> um, and he would got snake yo very very I, I didn't do that <laughs> how much <laughs> much money <laughs> dollar sign dollar what's, sign dollar sign what's your question mark <laughs> I don't oh god I see you have a MBB line female from Benjamin <laughs> um, right. a jag up there for for fifteen hundred could you possibly take fifty dollars for it. It's like no, I didn't do that to him. It's um, it was all that stuff, and that of course, you know, he he kind of told me what was really cool coming down with Pike with Coastals and why he felt that Coastals were really awesome and why, you know, the he didn't want to do a lot of jag to jag stuff, but he said if you get the right mate for your jag, you won't have to, and he right. kind of proved that with his pictures, and I definitely went with the yeah. Definitely, um, which is why I'm in a little bit of trouble. I was going to call you this week. <laughs> I need a caramel mail. <laughs> I need a, hmm. a normal caramel mail. <laughs> and I'm like, crap. Because yeah. <laughs> I, I kept too many caramel jags. <laughs> and I'm like, well, I can't do this because then it's jack to jag. <laughs> I'm like, who do I know who has just random coastal caramels just laying around? All right, yeah, I should just call Eric. So, yeah. Um, I think I might have one we'll for you. Yeah. See? Yeah. Okay. See, this yeah. is... I gotta I, I gotta talk to you and Matt. Cause I might just come down to your house Sunday, get my chairs, and then I have to get yeah. some stuff from Matt. So why not? <laughs> there you go. But make it a trip. Um, yeah. So I guess I guess my next uh, my next group. Um, well, probably after that, I would probably have to say um, you know Rob Stone. Um, mm-hmm. is, a, is a huge influence for me. And um, we kind of connected in a weird way. I heard him on Reptile Radio, and um, I was like, who is this guy that knows everything about reptiles and the hobby? Um, and uh, I just liked the way he talked on that show, and I listened to it, and he did like two episodes, I think. I think there was like two episodes, and I guess somehow he stumbled upon the show, and you know, he messaged me, and we started talking, and you know, now we, you know, talk all the time, um, you know, mm-hmm. and, uh, I, I, I've never met anybody who knows everything, not everything, but like, I can literally <laughs> say any species or bloodline or breeder or morph or what, you know, and it's not like, like, 
for me, I feel like if we're talking pythons, I can probably, you know, I, I can probably stand my ground, right? Especially cart like mm-hmm. carpets. I, I know my shit, right? But you know, other snakes, colubrids, random like, you know, just the wackiest snake. I'll be like, oh yeah, I was watching this YouTube video and I saw this snake and it's called da 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 da, and he'll just be like, oh yeah, that species is uh, found over in, uh, you know. Uh, uh, Borneo, and uh, when it does this, mm-hmm. and this is the cool thing, and they come in two color pad, and I'm like, what the hell? How do you know that? You know, um, so he's like the Google of reptiles, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, yeah, man, um, and yeah, it just kind of hit from there. Like, uh, you know, we, he's always, uh, you know, if I have a question about something or some advice, like this past week that he came down for carpet fest and he got my pop one Python eating, uh, the male, yeah. I was really struggling with, I don't know if you, I, I didn't really bring it out or where I brought the female out. Cause she's, she'll eat anything. She just, you open right. the tub and her mouth just opens like, ah, give me food. You yeah, know? <laughs> I, I, I haven't, I haven't seen him since he got him. And, uh, I know you're having some, because I think we talked about the uh, the what he was doing with you food wise and how he's being a little bastard about it, but yeah. you know that's awesome that he's back and rolling. So yeah, and you know I'll, I'll share with you what he shared with me is like you know for whatever it is with that species in particular, um, they are kind of mm-hmm. a little bit of picky eaters. Um, they'll bite and wrap all day long, but if they don't grab that mouse right by the head, forget it, man. They they won't. I hate that. They'll bite it. They'll wrap it, that. and then you'll come back, and there it is sitting in there. Um, and they fooled. He's fooled me so many times, and he was he was like he was he was kind of looking bad, and I was like, wow, about you know. So we were gonna feed it, uh, you know, a, a chick, and it was too big. So mm-hmm. you know, he we we ended up feeding in a hopper the the Sunday after Carpet Fest. I fed it another hopper. Then that Wednesday, I fed it another. I've actually fed it two, um, and then. Um, the following, uh, what was it? Sun this past Sunday, I fed it a hopper and tomorrow I'll feed it another hopper like this every three day period till, and I can see that he's, he's starting to get active because one of the things is like we were talking about, like he could have ate it and then he died because the system right. is just, their system is just like it's so tashed because yeah. they haven't eaten in so long. Um, but, mm-hmm. uh, but no, knock on wood, hopefully it's doing good, but you know, just things like that, like, uh, you know, and you know he used to sort of um you know work with these imports and such and like the mm-hmm. amount of like blood pythons and borneo pythons and you know all these weird species from indonesia and everything that he's that he's worked with you know obviously he's known for his rhino rats um which you know is another one that he just sort of like he has that dialed in um yeah, kind of the rhino rat guy, if you will, I would think, right? I don't know anybody else that's doing rhino rats on his level. Um, so, I, yeah, I, I I do not, and I'm pretty sure he's also the guy that like everybody, you know, I, I multiple people who I know are getting interested into rhino rats or getting started in rhino rats are talking to Rob because he's definitely upfront and you know willing to give information as well as help. And right. he's always my guy where it's like, hey, Rob, I heard about this snake. And you're exactly right. You're always like, well, it's called this out in the wild. And they take <laughs> this and he goes, yeah. 
And he knows, and I think he knows the difference of talking between me and you, where he's like, you know, that's a cool snake, Eric. He goes, all right, Owen, this is what you're going to need to do to keep it alive, because I know you've already bought it, or like, or like it's in your shopping cart and you're just waiting. <laughs> it's like, you know, it's <laughs> very Dude, it much so the, funny. Like, oh, Eric's just asking academic questions. Oh no, Owen already did it. So right. Yeah. <laughs> um, it was so funny when we were going to your place to see your stuff. He's like, God, I hope his rhino rats aren't broke. God, I hope his rhino rats aren't I broke. <laughs> I don't want to tell him. I don't want to tell him his rhino rats are broke. <laughs> and he's like, there. He's like, oh, they look good. They look good. And I was yes. like, whew. <laughs> All right. Yeah, those those weren't yeah. the real rhino rat snakes. I actually just bought those like the day before. <laughs> um, yeah. Real ones are oh. eight feet long and in the back. Like you know, it's no, but it was. It's one of those things where it's like he, he he definitely helps out with certain stuff, and I know he and I have talked things like Timor pythons and white lips and all this yeah. other stuff. So uh, yeah, yeah, he um, you know, now the carpet fest is over. I was talking to him earlier today, and we were talking about um, so I was talking about the itinerary for um, you know, our trip to the Northern Territory and where we're gonna go, and you know, blah blah blah. So. Uh, you know, Keith passed along that, that thing. And I'm, I'm sitting there and I was thinking about, it, and I was like, dude, this trip is going to be the best freaking trip ever because <laughs> you're going to okay. be there. Rob yeah. will be there. And another guy <laughs> that I really uh, look up to is Keith, you know, so to have yep. the three of you on this trip in the Northern territory where we have a chance to see, you know, Owen Pelly pythons, Dude, dude, this is good. I'm telling you, man, what, this trip but I mean, like, is going to be gonna insane. Do, what, are, what do you do if we see an Owen Pelly Python? I mean, I'm going to – I don't know. <laughs> someone's going to have to grab it. Like I'm not going to be able to do it because I'm going to just be like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. Like it's – no, someone's going to have to – like, dude, I was thinking about that the uh, – yes, uh, what was it? Um, Sunday, I was mowing my lawn, and as I was mowing my lawn, uh, a juvenile black rat snake is like – Holy shit! Like just starts like running from me, and of course I'm like shut off lawnmower, chase after snake. I'm pretty sure my lawnmower like just careened down my hill. I didn't care. Like it was, right. I was after a snake, so you know it's I'll deal with that later. Um, and I caught it, and I'm like taking pictures of it and whatever, and then I let it go, and I'm like, dude, that's like Australia is gonna be like 18 times more intense than that because it's like this isn't just a normal black rat snake. Yes, man. I was just going to say, something else. <laughs> you know how your heart's going, and you're like, oh, my God, I've seen a snake in a while. Like, ah, it's so badass. Yeah. yeah. No. Now it's going to so be – it's going to oh, be – oh, dude. Because these are animals that, like, I don't know about I – don't, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's just we're not used to seeing them in the wild or, like, we don't think of them as being in the wild or, or what it is, but you're just like – you know, or maybe because pythons come from like, you know, all these exotic lands for us or whatever. But like when you freaking see one for real, you're just like, am I really seeing this? Is this for real? Holy shit. This is a I, dude. When you see an olive python, because yeah. I know how much you love them, you're you're going to lose your shit, man. <laughs> you're going to lose your shit. Like, show me a wild ruffie and I may cry. But it's like, you know, it's. Um, <laughs> So I'm gonna well, that say might about be 2021 oh. trip. We got to give you some oh, yeah, time to but save up. <laughs> you do. I mean, it, I might have to sell ruffies to go see them. 
which right. oh god it's a, oh, oh god i can't choose but um it's it, I think you have the same thing of like we don't ever think of them as in our wild. It's like, dude, when I went to Alaska, it was like, oh my god, a freaking bald eagle, and people are like looking at me like I'm a crazy person because right. you see them everywhere up there, but not for me. That's always something special. That was always the like, you know, if there was a bald eagle nesting in a park somewhere near Philly, they shut down the park and it was on the six o'clock news. It was like, right. oh, freaking eagle, like that, yeah. Up in Alaska, they were like garbage birds break into your garbage because they're garbage. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. I'm like, uh, well, I mean, I have like, no. I'm like, okay. So I think it will be on that level, but a little bit more intense. It's kind of like, I, I imagine seeing an elephant in the wild would be kind of trippy because it's like, I've never, you never imagine that as an animal that you will see in its natural habitat where it's supposed to be. It's always right. in a zoo or, you right. know, something else. So. Yeah. Yeah. So we're going to see that. Yeah. It's going to be crazy, man. I'm telling you. So, so I, I'm, I'm getting now that, you know, like I said, now the carpet fest is beyond us. It's kind of like, yeah, man, I can't wait till these 130 days are gone. Like just fast forward because (laughs) I just want to be there, you know? So, um, but, uh, yeah. So I don't know. Did you have, uh, I, well, I don't I even know say, where we left off. Well, you you left off at Rob, but I'm also going to throw out there Keith because yeah, he was one of mine as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Keith's the guy who's like he was. He obviously was having a ton of success breeding a certain type of animal, but he was always kind of trying to challenge himself and move forward. And now he's kind of devoted his entire time and collection to just cracking this one egg, and that's Bolin's pythons and. Every year he's trying to learn something new. Every year he's trying something new. Every year he's pushing the envelope a little bit further. Um, and he's like, he's the guy who reads all the papers. He's up to date on all the research. He's talking to all the people. He's, you know, one of these days he will end up on a mountain with Ari. Like I, that, that's going <laughs> to end up happening. Yeah. Like I'm already calling that shot much to his wife's dismay. Um, <laughs> he's, he's reading chapters of the book. He's helping write the books. It's, all this different kind of stuff. And then he's not above helping out other people with other species. You know, he's, he's definitely been a huge influence on Matt when it comes to Borneo's bloods and other stuff like that. Um, he's doing Amazon tree boas, uh, and I, he's got emeralds, right? Um, yep. All mm-hmm. this stuff. And I know he's dabbling into scrubs and it's like, he's got opinions and he's got things to talk about and people value those opinions and what he has kind of come to, him so you know it's really kind of awesome with that stuff and then for me i'm like hey uh keith i was thinking about building wood cages and i was just thinking like you know he's going to tell me you know a few pointers no he designed it for me and he's like do this do this this is the wood that you should use what kind of sizes are you thinking about i'm like uh i've had to regurgitate what he has told me to at least 20 people. And some people are, you know, well-known breeders that we know who are always constantly trying to figure out how they can get some more room for their animals or expand a little bit. They want to know what sealant I'm using, what kind of wood I'm using, how big are the cages, what this, that, and the other thing. I was talking to Justin Julander uh, this weekend about them because he was interested in them. So it's like, you know, just to have that thing come out, because I know we talked about how at one point – 
wood cages were always supposed to be the taboo thing. Like, oh no, no, you don't put wood cages. Wood cages, wood cages are crap. It's like right. he kind of, he kind of took the time to help me get over that stigma that you know, honest God, shouldn't have been there anymore. Much like keep your carpets at ninety degrees, and you know they're all horribly right. mean creatures, and green trees sure. die if you look at them cross-eyed, like all that kind of stuff. So it's to have him kind of doing that stuff, and he just like it's almost like Keith's main job in Herp the Culture is just to dispel myths and gather gather information. <laughs> so it's, <laughs> and it's awesome to have that. So yeah. Yeah, he's. Uh, I just like the way his brain works, man. I like the way he thinks. Yeah. I like the way that um, you know he he really goes in depth. He's a perfect example of, you know, most of us. We're looking at the car. We like the paint job. We like the you know the little gizmos and gadgets that uh, come with the car. He wants to know how the engine runs. Like what is making that engine go, and he wants to know what's going on underneath the hood, and that approach. Um, to pretty much everything that he does is uh, is pretty awesome. So, yeah, he's a he's a huge huge influence, uh, hero, whatever you want to say uh, as far as the herps go. Um, but yeah, yeah, uh, I'd have to throw out the honorable mention there for Ari Flagel. I mean, the dude is yep. going halfway around the world to study a python um, that not many people would put that work in. And uh, no, you know, no. Um, yeah, I, you know, as much as I don't know if I'll ever own or even, you know, think about breeding a Boland's Python. However, uh, I'm glad to know that somebody is putting in the work to try to figure out, you know, what these animals are doing in the wild. And yeah. uh, well, and, and that's the thing where it's like, and that's what I think is the difference between herpetoculture is you have the animals that people are can either it's like you have the animals that people think they can bring in regularly so they want to do no work at all for it you know no one is trying to figure out how to breed savannah monitors nile monitors white lip pythons you know why because the babies come in who gives a shit so and that's all fine and dandy until you can't bring them in you know and 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 at some points now people are bringing in bowen's pythons so it's like that's kind of what like these guys still care about breeding these things, even though there's either a been no demand for them as like, you know, nobody's sitting there going, Oh God, we really need to figure this out. Except for people who really care about the species. Like, you know, no average schmuck is just like, really, it isn't like a ball Python project. They don't really have to, they're not betting their whole house on it. Um, right. But and, and also it's like zoos didn't really they don't really it's not an endangered species and it's not anything like that so it doesn't really matter to them too much they're not setting aside um, species survival plants for these things but these guys actually care and want to figure it out because you know what if these things do start shutting down and then we're screwed we're going to be right back where we were with some other species where they're no longer in the United States and that sucks so more power to these guys for trying to figure it out before all this stuff happens. Yeah. So Kyle had a question in the uh, chat. What about some indirect influences, people you never got to meet or talk with, but were able to read their work or see what they produced? Anybody come to mind? Uh, um, I kind of know somebody who's a little bit 
I wish we'd kind of had a little bit more interactions with and kind of somebody who I know we spoke to and I know I had some personal actions with, but you know, I didn't get to really pick his brain to the point that other people did. And I'm kind of jealous of that um, would be Rico. Yep. Yeah. So, was, uh... I mean, we had him on the show. I spoke to him at ICAST and then that was very close to, I think that was his last time he actually hung out with everybody. Right. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and, and it's like, he, he was one of those guys that really took the time to build a project from the ground up when it came to locality stuff and this influence and that influence. And he, you know, he, he picked his brain and other people's brains about what this animal was, but he could also appreciate an animal that maybe wasn't in his wheelhouse because he was all over my Malukan scrub and stuff like that. So (laughs) it was very cool. And, and I really wish that, uh, we'd had a little bit more time to influence, to have influence with him or, you know, and just to kind of see what his take on, because there's a lot of stuff that's happened in, you know, Condra, in, in the Condra community that, you know, you always kind of want to figure out those kind of influences. Cause I, I know we talked about it a few times of like, what would Steve have thought of the Lacey act and stuff like that? Right. You know, and it's kind of like, what, what would Rico have thought about Nido? You know, sure. Other like that. It's like what, what, like kind of the, the people that you wish you could pick their brains about these things, but you can't. And it, it's it's a little disappointing that you can't because that'd be a great conversation. So I'd say Rico. Yeah, I'd probably say the Barkers. Um, mm. I mean, their work with pythons have pretty much affected all of us, um, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's tons. Then there's there's a lot of breeders in Australia that uh, I really, you know, like. But we have spoken to them, but you know, not. We're not. We're we're sort of in different worlds, so to speak. But guys like Wayne Larks, Peter Birch, um, mm-hmm. the K Brothers. Um, mm-hmm. Sure, I'm, I'm sure Darren Whitaker. You know, um, mm-hmm. trying to think. Uh, there's there's probably people I'm forgetting, but you know, just a lot of people. You know, obviously he was on my list, uh, but but Scott Scott Eber, um, he's yeah. a big one for me. Um, he, he he's another one that sort of knows a lot about, uh, at least for me for Australian stuff. You know, I'm sure he knows <laughs> a lot about a lot of stuff, but it just seems like no matter what you throw at him. He knows about it, um, and and what's cool is that he's gone into their, you know, the habitat, and he understands what they're doing and how the animal works, and you know all these different things. And like, you know, I, I'm telling you, man, that that 15 minutes that I spent with him in that park in Brisbane was like, oh man, that was such a schooling for for Herpin, man. Just like, just like the little subtle cues that nature's just throwing right at you. You know, and you're just mm-hmm. sort of just like if you're not paying attention, it's going right over your head, you know. Um, but uh but yeah. You know, somebody else I forgot as we go back would have to be Justin Julander because um yeah. you know, he he he's who I got my first bread live from. Um, you know, and uh I mean here's this guy. You couldn't ask for a nicer guy. I mean, the guy no. has to be one of the nicest guys in herpticulture. 
and he's so, he's he he knows the natural history of Australian reptiles. Like he's been there. He's, he's been in the wild. He's seen a lot of these things, you know, you throw something at him. He knows it. he's, he's bred most of the species that, you know, we're working with, uh, as far as, uh, Australian pythons go. Um, he's working with, mm. skink. you know, just his collection is, I, I would love just to be able to go to his collection and just check it out and, and see the different things and, you know, drink a beer with him and hang out and just shoot the shit about his travels and, um, you know, just a real awesome guy, always positive, never, even when he's, he's sort of being, I don't want to say being negative, but at the same time, like, you know, telling somebody that, like how we would say, you're, you're, you're freaking dumb, man. That's not how it works. Mm-hmm. You know, he just had mm-hmm. a, a, a way to say it in a positive way, you know, never a bad thing to say about people. Uh, but uh, awesome guy, you know, I, yeah. just an awesome dude. So, yeah, uh, I mean, that, that's, that's really cool. I, he's, he's always been awesome to me, even though I, I uh, was going to buy my first, jag from Aussie addiction and then I balked and went to Will Leary so you know he hasn't held that against me um, which is good <laughs> dude what Thank about God. those what about those western stimpsons that he's got holy shit those, man I gotta those get are in pr- on that you project. know how much Woo! you know how I'm afraid of every kind of pygmy python I'm like I'm gonna break it like I'm a very <laughs> clunky human yeah, nah, they're, yeah. They're, well, dude no dude. I'm not no it's like the last They're time beautiful. I touched a cave gecko, it broke. Like, you know, it literally came apart. So, you know. <laughs> anything yeah. anything teeny, you know, I'm afraid I'm going to break it. Don't even um, give me pygmy pythons. No. <laughs> but, uh, but that's... You got uh, anybody else? I did, and it's gone. It just zapped out of my brain. All right, I'm going to ah, throw one more crap. out there. Big, big influence um, as of uh, in my later time frame, uh, I'd have to say would be Matt Minotola. I mean, <laughs> dude, dude's collection is on point. I mean, yep. what he <laughs> does for, you know, Borneo short tails. See, I'm always, I get, you know, here I go. I'm, 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 I'm relating it to uh, music again, but like, you know, oh, the God key. Damn it. <laughs> when you were playing guitar, right? You know, you would start I, out okay. and you would sort of copy, copy the people that influenced you. You know what I mean? Like you would right. learn a, a you know Van Halen song or a Jimi Hendrix song. You would learn like how they played it, and you would try to play it as close as you can to what they're playing. And and what I learned early on is is that that's going to get you nowhere. So what you want to do is mm-hmm. you want to play it the way you would play it, but still learning little bits and pieces from these guys, like just little tiny things that you take from this guy and somebody else, you take it from this guy and somebody else, you're taking it and taking this and taking that. And then you sort of like put it in a pot, mix it up. And then it becomes you, you know, and then somebody's trying to copy you. Uh, and right. so what he does with Borneo's and what he's done and where he's taken them is sort of like the, uh, you know, the idea with IJs, you know, that's, Mm -hmm. that's where I see it going, you know, but I mean, he's, and, and again, super awesome dude. Like you're hanging out with somebody that you're, you know, that you would drink beers with and, you know, no ego, no nothing when he should have that. Um, Oh, totally. You know, 
his freaking you know what I mean? Like <laughs> I just think of like us at 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 uh Tinley Park, right? When we're built we're putting our table next to him. He's there. Like he's so into the details of of it. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't come across like a guy that's into the details. If that you know what I'm saying? Like I don't know. I hope I'm saying yeah. that right. Um Whereas, uh, you know, he's, he's thought it through, you know, and, uh, that's probably why, uh, you know, he's sitting on the couch and, you know, flipping through his phone and, you know, he showed me like, you know, notes and this and that and breeding projects and where this is going, you know, it just, I don't know. It's cool. He's an awesome guy. So. No, big and that's, that's awesome. He is. And I think, uh, I re remembered my influence. Um, okay. it's, um, yeah. Um, <laughs> It, and and this is a guy who you know we, we we've had some interactions with and he's been a really cool guy to us um and that would be uh uh ryan young and oh. and it's mainly just from the point of is that you know i wish i was as talented with he, as he is with when it comes to pythons it's like he's bred every species that i ever want to breed and he's done it so He's he's done it multiple times. Like I think anybody can trip into breeding a python. Like you can get that one clutch and not have any idea what you did with it. But to get it like three <laughs> years in a row, right? To get it three years in a row, you know what you're doing. And and he's done right. that with multiple species. And he has now brought a species back from the brink of not even having it in U.S. herpetoculture. And that was the Duns pythons this year. And that's fan freaking tastic. So, um, yeah, that would probably be like, you know, if, if, if we were to look at my collection and how it's going, it, my collection needs to go in multiple directions. One is Moralia. The other one is the Ryan Young method where I just want to get all the cool shit and breed it. Yes. I don't care if anybody right. cares about it. I care about right. it. Like, you know, no one can give a shit about my water pythons. Fuck you. They're for me. Like, you know, it's like, and just go over there. So, uh. That would be how it goes. So, yeah, I think the last guy that I'll mention, and then we'll talk some rough scales, is um, yeah, has to be has to be uh, our good friend Bill Stiegel. Um Yeah, oh, Bill, just for the main <laughs> point of being a belligerent, drunken doctor who just runs around nah. and oh no, you for other real reasons. Oh wow, yeah, right, real well, reasons. <laughs> He's influenced me in a way to uh, sort of just make sure that you're having fun in the hobby. You know, like, don't take yourself so serious. Don't be so uptight. Just have fun, right. man. You know, like, yeah. he's a very smart guy. You know, whenever you ask him a question about something, he, you know, if he doesn't know the answer, he's, he doesn't try to bullshit you. He just, he, you know, he's just, he's just straight ahead straight play you know what you got you know and he's right. always there to have you know fun man i mean like i think about <laughs> when we first got picked up and just like cracking open a cold one and just like come on guys let's go party starting it was um southern uh, carpet fest was, Woo-hoo! <laughs> this past carpet fest of the northeast i'm like i'm like hey bill i'm gonna i'm gonna head to bed and he goes and, and like it looked like i had just he got so upset. He goes, I'm not going to see you for a while. I'm like, okay. <laughs> I'm like, it'll be okay. And he's like, yeah, but I mean, what, what, uh, 
oh, you're coming down for this thing. I'm like, no, I'm not going to be attending. He goes, so I won't see you for a real long time. I'm like, I'm sorry. I want to say, no, no, never mind. Eric and I are going to make it to Tinley. Like, no, it's like, he's like, my new place, Southern Carpet Fest. I'm like, oh, we'll be there. Like, oh, don't you worry. Oh, hell yeah. No doubt. God. (sighs) Really have to go to Southern Carpet Fest, though. Yeah, I know. Hopefully, um, <laughs> I know there's probably people I'm forgetting or whatever, but for the most part, that's like, uh, yeah, that's that's my that's my go-to list of uh, it is. of people. These are all good people that will definitely teach you different lessons in herpticulture, and yeah. it's something that I think if you're going to be successful, you need to have influences, and it doesn't matter who your influences are as long as the message that you're getting is a a good and correct message. Like, you know, people will sit there and say that anybody who you look up to, like they'll find something wrong with them. I guarantee you like, you know, there, there are a ton of people who look up to Brian Barczyk and stuff like that. And he's never been, he's not been anything but nice to us and stuff like that. And they'll always try to find a way to try to poo poo over these people who are just, out there putting out a positive message and that's fine. You know, it's whatever, who gives a shit what they think it's what you think and how this person influences you. So you should definitely have uh, multiple people who influence you in this hobby. And um, it'll also help you recognize the people who you really shouldn't pay any attention to. So yeah. 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 Cool. Um, All right. Rough scale pythons. So, you know, yeah. I never, we <laughs> never actually talked about, uh, you mm-hmm. know, keeping uh, rough scale pythons and your approach. So I figured it would be pretty cool oh. if we <laughs> talked about. So here would be my first question: When you got, got into it. rough scales, you got you got babies, right? I got juveniles. They were Juvenile. about a year old. Yeah. Okay. So I never had babies. Were... I never had baby babies okay i mean when you yeah when you got them in they were already established you didn't have any trouble with feeding them or anything like that no no i never had an issue with that the youngest one i had was a year old so yeah okay so when you got them in that when you got them in that size like what did what how did you have them set up the first time I got them, I set them up in my baby rack. So they were still pretty small, but they were right. about the size of maybe a yearling carpet python. So okay. I set them up in the baby rack and I gave them the uh, perch that Buddy told us about, where it's like the plastic coat hanger that you cut the bottom off of. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I put that in there with them and I gave them a hide box and water bowl and they were just on newspaper. They never used the goddamn perch. They would sandwich themselves between the perch and the hide box. And that would be where they were. So after about a week, I took the perch out cause they didn't give two shits. Um, and that's where they stayed until they started getting a little bit older. Um, they got bigger. They got big enough that I got them out of the drawers and I put them into the tiny cages I have downstairs that are the one by ones, the little like rectangle, like the scrap 
tiny ones that I'm talking about, the little ones. Mm-hmm. My Chinese yeah. king rats are in there right now. Yeah, they sure. were in those. And I had a bunch of those grapevine thingies in there. And for a while, the heat source for them was uh, a heat pad that was just under, that just snaked around those things. It was uh, along the sides and underneath of those two little cages. And that was pretty much how I heated them for a while. Um, When they started getting a lot bigger, I moved them into three foot cages. And that was, those were my first two boys. Um, I sent the one male to Nick when he started getting a little bit too big. Um, And that's the one that Nick's been working with. And then the other boy was with me and he's the one who got the abscess in his mouth and he never really kind of recovered from it. And Uh then he passed. But then I had the two little ones that I got and they were close to, um, they were a little bit bigger than when I got the other two boys. So I put them in the, just straight into those one by one cages. Okay. Uh, and they were in that, again, they were on mulch. They had under the tank heaters. They're all that kind of stuff. When they started getting a little bit bigger, I wanted to give them something a little bit different. So I had an old animal plastics cage that had the doors that swing, two doors that swing out with a, uh, like, divider in the middle so i gave them that so they were technically in i think uh two foot cubes at that point and they were in that for about two years and then i moved them into the arboreal setups that you saw uh when you were here last time and those are i want to say they're two and a half foot tall and then they're about a foot deep so foot and a half maybe so they're, they're they're more vertical than they are anything else so yeah so are they do you find that they're more arboreal than you thought or less or what? Cuz I know you kind of have a shelf in there now, right? Yes. I I find they're a different kind of arboreal. When I sit there and say arboreal or when you and uh-huh. I sit there and say arboreal, you imagine chondro, a stick in the middle and it'll sit on top of it. Ruffies don't like that. They're like right. being crammed into places. So I mean, I have a shelf in their cage and it's got cork uh, screwed down to it so they can go slide under the cork or they can curl up on top of it. It kind of feels better for them that way. They want to be spread out. Whenever I saw them up on a tree in their cage, they were coiled around it, kind of spread wide. They were in like the thickest part of the branch. They weren't near the tips. Like if you put the same branch in with a chondro, they would be curled up at the thin part. Ruffy will be curled up at the thick part. So um, they'll do that now, but I also find them in their bins on the ground, underneath their bins. They'll be underneath the cork bark on the ground. So they really just want to be enclosed by stuff. They want to be underneath things. They want to be jammed into cracks. That's why people are talking about why their scales are keeled. It's anchors so that, like, they can't get ripped out of rocks or in between stuff. If I ever try to move my ruffies and they don't want to go – They'll puff up their body, and you can hear their scales raking across things because they just—they're oh, trying cool. to grip. Yeah, they don't want to go, dude. Like so, that's just the way they are. So um, I do the cork bark because they'll sit up high, and they'll kind of watch me from like up high, and then uh, they'll start hanging down, kind of like a chondro hangs for when they're hungry. 
But then uh-huh. also every once in a while, they'll just be underneath the cork tube um, on the ground, and they'll just slowly peek their head out just to watch you from down there. So they're very inquisitive. They always want to know what I'm up to. Um, and they, I've never seen any aggression from them. I've seen more aggression from like a chondro than I have from a rough scale. Huh. So, okay. Yeah. And you you have not yet seen the uh their famous uh the threat display threat display. I've seen it twice. twice. I saw it once. Yep, when I got the first boys, I got them from a guy who was sending them from LA. And he sent them to my office and I'm like, all right, so they're all packed up. He goes, yeah, they're packed up. Cool. They're all do this. Da, 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 da. I'm like, all right, awesome. Cause we were doing a trade. I think I sent him, uh, some pos super caramels and some tigers for the roughies. Um, okay. which I mean, was <laughs> great trade. <laughs> but it's like, I, <laughs> yeah. I, uh, <laughs> yeah. But, uh, I mean, dear Lord. Um, and he sent them and he's like, Oh yeah, they're all set up. I put, uh, the the hand warmer in there with them and I'm like what <laughs> you you did what and he's like oh yeah I got the one from like I, I I think he said Dick's Sporting Goods or something like that right so I was like are you serious and it, and it was one of those things where he sent it and then there had been like a snowstorm projected for like the next day after they would arrive. Oh, and I remember that. Over, <laughs> I remember overnight that. it got over overnight it got pushed up. So it's right. snowing outside and I'm at my desk with my head on it, like just banging my head going there in the snow with a hand warmer. I, I was I uh I called I called uh Ship Your Reptiles. I tried to stop the package at the sorter. I tried stopping it in numerous places. It was already out on the truck. There was no way to stop it. They 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 they, they, they weren't even open. When I was calling them at Shipyard Reptiles, I was I was that panicked. And then they they arrive and I rip open this box and I see them inside and I pull the one ruffie out and it's cold and it's not moving and all I can think about is oh my god I've killed it and then it threat displays I'm like oh it's alive it's alive and it's mad <laughs> whatever <laughs> I uh, literally ran to. Um, the bathroom at my office, and there was a big dad had got dad was in that thing where he just wanted Fiji water for the coffee machine. I don't know why we're not going to get into this right now, but um, <laughs> so there was one of those big liter bottles of Fiji water, and Fiji waters are square. I don't know why, but they are. So I filled it up with hot water from the faucet, and I capped it, and I laid it on its side, and I put both ruffies on top of the bottle. So they were just sitting there staring at me, sitting on the desk, just watching me. And they warmed up, and eventually they started moving. And I was like, oh, sweet Jesus, they're, uh, they're alive. They're, they're okay. Everything – I was like – it was – I was beside myself. I had brought uh, a 72-hour heat pack with me because I had those at the house. So I – once they warmed up, once they were doing fine, I had uh, cracked open the 72-hour heat pack, got it warmed up put them back in the box and they just sat there in the warm box until I could get them home. But it was devastating. (laughs) I'm like, people are sending me emails. Like my phone's, I don't give a shit. (laughs) I'm not okay. (laughs) Nothing's happening right now. (laughs) 
but it was um it was awesome but uh see i saw that was the first time uh the second time is after i moved this pair the pair of ruffies that i have now after i moved them into their new arboreal cages i went downstairs with a flashlight and i caught the female kind of off guard and she did it and they do it so quick and it just kind of happens by the time you realize what just happened, <laughs> they, they put their jaw back together and they're right. like done. It, they don't, they don't they sit there and hold it. I wish they did. It'd be a really cool picture, but you know, no. So I've only seen it twice. Yeah. Cool. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think that was like the thing we always wanted to see, right? You know, and then they seem like yeah, they're super was... chill. <laughs> it's like, oh man. Oh God man, it's like it's like I, I remember seeing uh, a video of Brian Barczyk over in Australia holding one, and it was like threat display, biting, 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 threat display, and I'm like, this thing's pissed as shit at him. And I guess <laughs> that's all I can think about is that this thing's gonna be worse than freaking scrub. They don't care. They are right. so. Hello. I've only ever been bit by one once, and that's because I was trying to take a picture of it in a photo tent, and it was not fucking having it, and it just bit me on the hand. I'm like, all right, done. Like, you know, I've never had any problem with it. Uh, I got nailed on the forearm once by an accidental, I think he thought I was bringing the rat to him, but he didn't even bite and rap. He just bit and let go, and that was it. They're super, super chill. Yeah, that's cool. Yep. So, mm-hmm. if you were going to get into roughies, what would be your advice to somebody that's looking to get into them? What would be the Context one thing somebody. that... Um, I would say stay out of them. They're mine. Okay? Have <laughs> all of them are mine. All of them. None of you can have them. Uh, no, it's... I would say... It, it, it's the same thing if you're getting into, like, chondros. Do your research. Talk to the people who produce them. Buy only from them. You know, there were a few times when I had just gotten my boys that, you know, we saw baby ruffies at random people's tables. Right. Because, you know, uh, other places that had ruffies were selling the babies to wholesalers or people who buy a pair and flip them for this much. I mean, I saw ruffies at Hamburg um, for... I, I, I want to say it was like 3000 or something like that for the pair. And this was, they were, it was unheard of, you know, and that was just the way it went. So I, I would definitely say that you want to treat them like you would treat any kind of other high value snake. And that's go directly to the source, you know, uh, Dave D Nick Mutton, uh, Terry Phillip, Casey Lazic. I would go directly to these guys. And then there are now starting to be other people who are having success, you know, like Brett and um, uh, Susan. That's the other two people, I think, who produce roughies this year. And um, those guys obviously are doing great. And they got babies and this is their first year. So it might, you know, they might have to have a little bit of a learning curve with this kind of stuff. But I'd say probably in the next couple of years, they're going to be two people that I would recommend to go to that, too, because, you know, they're going to start having more and more success. So it, there's going to be an upturn on more people that you can go to to get rough scale pythons and also more roughies out there available. So that that's always a good thing because then you can go buy their pythons and leave mine alone. So, you know, it's, <laughs> um, but 
that that's the thing is I would say treat it like you were buying a diamond python or treat it like you were buying a a chondro or something like that, a Bolins even. This is not something you want to take lightly because they are an expensive snake. They are a rare snake. And if you don't respect, you know, their story is one of my favorite stories in all of herpticulture. And if you don't respect that, it's like, what do we even deserve even having them here? It's, you know, it, it, it's honest to God, the, the, the numbers were stacked against us for ever even seeing them, let alone owning them. So yeah, I kind of feel like you need to respect that. So I can get with that. Okay. We'll see. We'll see. You know, you're not, so, you're not in the club yet. I mean, you have to cut your other yet. hand and we yep. have to shake it. I mean, like it's, yeah. So, so what about blood. us? What about, what about as far what about as far as like um um you know your whole you know feeding are you feeding them what like carpet pythons are you doing anything do you do you cycle uh, them at all anything like that I feed them like carpet pythons um I think they would eat whenever I mean they're always hungry I, I the light right. goes off downstairs and they cruise they cruise more than any of the snake I see. Um, so, I, so they're like what, they're nocturnal all over the place. They are, they are, but they will wake up for food. Gotcha. Um, the one thing I would not recommend doing is that if you're going to go feeding during the daytime and the ruffy's not there to meet you at the door, don't go looking for it because that's just going to stress it out. If uh, if they're not like ready to go when I thaw the rodents, they're skipping the meal and that's fine. Um, because sometimes I have to tell the male not to eat because he's getting bigger than the female at this point. Um, but they, they'll always be up front and center and ready to roll. Okay. But like when you were, Matt Moyle was showing you a video of his chondros running around their cages at nighttime. Yeah. Yeah. It's a roughie. Yep. Okay. Every night when I go down to do bed checks, everybody else is kind of cruising. They're all over the place. And then they bed down at daytime. But they will wake up to eat, and they will go back to sleep. Um, I will start cycle feeding them. The female kind of did it herself this year, and she just went off food during the entire cool down of everything else, which is why Rob yelled at me for really? um, not breeding it. Yeah, she just stopped eating, and I was like, "Why aren't you eating? You needed like one more year, and this is your crucial time to get on your to get on your game and get that weight going." And somebody's like, "Like." I, I think Andrew's like, why don't you put the mail in with her? I'm like, she's, it's too early. And he's like, well, she doesn't think so. And I'm like, well, she doesn't know what she wants. It's like, you know, it's, huh, I know what's best here. It's like, no, it's, um, I, I, I just thought she was too small. And I think if I got a clutch, it would be tiny. So I wanted her to wait that one extra year. So next year I'll probably cycle and I'll probably treat it like a carpet python, same temps. And then if that doesn't work, we'll, readjust i mean i'm I'm gonna talk to obviously i'll talk to brett and dave and nick and all those other people about what they do and how they do it and i'll just follow their leads so right okay now we'll see how it goes the hard thing is going to be is that they look alike so i need to know which one the male is <laughs> so it's like, <laughs> like all it's like it's like the olive pythons all over again as i'm putting them in there i'm like running a marker down his side so i know who's who Dip the tail in some paint or something. White out the. <laughs> Either one. Um, yeah. 
thinking nail polish because then it won't go away. But you know, we'll figure right. it out. All right. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Um, yeah. So this upcoming year is going to be your year to try to breed them, right? Yes. Okay. Say that hesitantly. Yes. <laughs> the 20, 2020 will be the year that we're going to try. I'm going to try to put as much food into her as I can. I'm pretty much going to feed her on the same regimen as I do the female carpets that have laid eggs because uh-huh. I want her to put on enough weight, in my opinion, to run this, and then we're going to do it. So right. I'm not nervous cool. at all. <laughs> uh, now, have you talked to some of the guys that have bred these already? You know, what's their go-to trick for getting them to go? Have you thought about that at all yet, or you're waiting to cross that hurdle? I when it... I haven't thought about that yet. I haven't talked to those guys yet, but I have had those conversations with them in the past. Uh-huh. And um, Nick. Nick is the like, oh, you just turn the temperature down and throw the boy in with the girl. I'm like, thank you. Like that's, there's a little bit difference, but okay. Um, but you know, I haven't really spoken to them if they have any kind of like tweaks or tips or tricks other than turn the temps down, stop feeding, warm the temps up, throw them together. I don't mean for the breeding part of it. I mean, for getting them to go once. Oh, for the babies. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. I talked to Dave about that because um, he was uh, when I was buying the young pair off of him. He was like, "These things are driving me nuts." I'm like, "What do you do?" And he's like, "Chick down is good." Um, I was talking to him about the gecko scent because this is when I first started kind of coming out from uh, Reptilinks. He said he was going to give that a shot. Um, I know Nick said he swears by it, but then I also know that these things are very much like baby chondros where you know, four years, you can have nothing but great feeders and have very little problems. And then your fifth year, the entire clutch makes you want to rip your hair out for no goddamn reason. Like it's the way it is. You need to understand that going in is that, you know, these are not, they might not be as easy as you think. Right. But, but they will eventually get rolling. I mean, there's tons of tips, tricks, this, that, the other thing chick down like dude i will literally go outside and i will catch baby frogs all right like i don't care what do right. you want i will get it for you all right, right. you know it's it will breed button quail i don't know how i'm gonna do it zero will probably eat four of them but i will breed button quail <laughs> just so i, if can I get have the to hatchling button quail and throw it in there with the roughies i if whatever they want i will get it for them so yeah cool all right. Well, I mean, you know, I hope that you produced them, um, hmm. and I have to get some. So you, you have <laughs> yeah. one. I said you could have one. <laughs> one. 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 Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. You better take it. Run. Like you know, don't don't sit there. Take <laughs> you know. I think I think I think 2020 is going to be a good year for rough scale pythons because a lot of people that I have them um, will have, the, you know adults um that are ready to breed well, so brett shane me bill matt uh matt well, i don't know is matt's i don't know where matt's Our, boy is at but he might um yeah and then you got like dave nick um this is gonna be like eight or nine guys that i know of running around with rough scale pythons and i know there are others out there um so yeah 
which is crazy, man, because how long ago, I mean, maybe what, 10 years ago, it was unheard of. And now here you are. I think someone was telling me, like, aren't you trying to rush to get there when there's still like about a thousand, twelve hundred? I'm like, I don't care. I don't care. The second they drop below two hundred dollars, I'll be the happiest guy in the world because I can get twenty. <laughs> you yeah, know, I'll just go get them. <laughs> They'll be mine. You know, this is going to be one of those I'm never going to not have or produce or work with rough scales. I'll I'll just keep going. Eventually, if they like, because nobody likes them because they're not albinos, and everybody gets rid of theirs, that's fine. I'll just have them. I'll be that guy who's like, you still have them? Damn right, I do. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think. Uh... I think I think that's they're going to be a cool species. I think that people will sort of lose their luster with them, but the guys like you, eventually me, all the you mm-hmm. know Brett and Dave and all those yep. guys that are like into them because they're into them, uh, they'll you know they'll keep them and the price will just sort they're... of circulate back up again. You know it'll be like yeah. the ring pythons or white lips exactly. or whatever. You know. But uh, they're, they're one of those things where when it's in your collection, when it, when it's not in your collection, you kind of think that it's going to be like this and this. It's going to be it's going to be like a condor. It's going to be like a carpet. But then when you get it in your collection, you realize it is not like either one of those things or anything else in your room. Right. It's, they're different. You know, I, I sit there and look at the retics and the retics kind of remind me of the team wars. That makes a lot of sense. I look right. at the white lips, and the white lips remind me of the other white lips, and they remind me of the ring pythons. It's fine. Carpets all remind me of each other, and the bread lie remind me of the carpets, but the roughies remind me of no one. They're just – they're there. That's it. They're them. So right. um, yeah, it's like how the Woma pythons are the only Espedites in my room. So they're their own weird – oh, yeah, the Womas are over there. It's like that <laughs> – kind of like that. <laughs> right. So, yep. And that's cool. All right. Well yeah. – uh, wow, that was perfect timing too. Holy shit! I am I'm good. That's pretty good, man. <laughs> pretty good. You get uh, you get the golden I get a award. Cookie. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. I'll give you a chance uh, back. <laughs> oh, thank you. You know, I'm sure Dory will be happy. I'm not even more shit at your house, but um, I know that uh, I was going to talk to you about what would um. Uh, was it one of the guys from Reptile and Chill was like, oh, Eric, when I come over there for Carpet Fest, I'm going to bring my drums and we'll rock out the Carpet Fest uh, or the NPR theme song. And I'm like, I'll help. And I sent you the thing of the cowbell with Will Ferrell. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, exactly. We're doing, I, 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 I showed that to dad. I showed that to dad. He goes, if this happens, I showed, I showed that to dad. And that's like if that happens, I'll be, I'll play Christopher Walken, where I'll just burst in and be like, I put my pants one leg at a time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm like I'll tell that. I will pay money to see Jim it. do that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will. I will pay him. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> Speaking so of which, go. you should you should tell yeah. uh, uh, Mr. Morgantown that um, I know he's a huge fan of uh, Dylan, and there's some kind of Dylan special uh, on uh, Netflix. No, dude, I so. already heard about it, right? I want to talk about Did it you? anymore. <laughs> <laughs> right. I knew it. Uh, he he, nice. like, he called call me, he goes, just so you know, this is on Netflix. I'm like, Dad, I don't care. And he's like, why not? I'm like, please. <laughs> please stop. 
Please stop. Yeah. He went he went into a record store at one point and he's like, I think I want to get some Dylan. And this man at the record, if I could find this man and choke the life from him, I would. Because this guy's like, well, what kind of Dylan? New Dylan, old Dylan, past Dylan, electric Dylan, non-electric <laughs> Dylan. And then, that just sent my father down the rabbit hole. And I, oh, oh my geez. God, like, I've seen Bob Dylan in concert twice. The man can't sing. He can't. No, that's it sounds true. like a cat beating against the wall. You know, that is like, true. Oh, God. And all his songs are great when other people do them. Yes. You know? Like all along the Watchtower by Jimi Hendrix. I mean, come on, man. (laughs) Nobody knows that Dylan wrote that. Why? Because nobody cares. Right. True story. (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. Signed harmonicas by Bob Dylan, and he's like, one day these will be worth money. I'm like, yeah, I'll tell the people at the Goodwill store when I drop them off. So you know. (laughs) Anyway, now (laughs) now that we now that we got that going. Um, Add on my chest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. So yeah, next week uh, I'm not sure who the uh, the lineup will be, but uh, we'll out. have we'll have somebody lined up next week. Um, I know there was uh, we had some talk of some uh, for some monitor shows, uh, so that mm. may be that's in the works. So some Aussie monitors, cool. uh, which will be very cool, um, and uh, a couple other things are in the works. Anyway, for us, you can uh, listen to the podcast on iTunes or whatever podcast app you shall use. Um, and uh, you can follow us on MoreliaPythonRadio.com.net. Uh, our email is info at MoreliaPythonRadio. You can follow us on Facebook, Instagram. Uh, yeah, so there's that. Uh, we got the two Carpet Fests coming up um, in the States. We have... Uh, the Northwest uh, Carpet Fest is uh, September 28th, and that is at Doug Taylor's house. And the Southwest Carpet Fest is 727, July 27th, and that is Brian Cusco's house in Southern California. Uh, so I think their shirts are still up, uh, and Northwest <laughs> will have uh, shirts coming up pretty okay. soon. Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, I can't wear a shirt with myself on it. <laughs> I can't. Well, I mean, I can't yeah. imagine why not. It's that, just so you know. delightful. Right. Not like it's it's such a flattering picture of you too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Whatever. Uh, so yeah, go over there. Uh, I believe the shirts. Uh, I think today might be the last day So probably by the time you listen to it It might be over or the, the very last day uh, So so there's that um, And then for myself ebmorelli.com uh, And my email is Eric at ebmorelli.com That's all I got Cool All right. Uh, for me you can go to rogue-reptiles.com Check out that You can also look up rogue reptiles at facebook.com uh, I will be at the Habitat Grace Maryland Reptile Show this Saturday, and I'll probably have some pythons along with me, as well as Rogue Reptile T-shirts. So if you are going to be at that show or in that area, stop by, talk snakes, buy some. That'd be awesome. I can feed mine. Um, so <laughs> um, your money will go directly to my rodent bill. Um, so it's, uh, right. I will literally actually take bags of rats in exchange for snakes. Yeah. So, um, but but 
But uh, so we'll see you there. Uh, as far as other stuff, um, that's all I got. And I guess that's all we got for everybody tonight. So we'll say thank you all for listening. And we'll catch everybody back here next week for some more Morelia Python radio. Good night.